Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined, as always, by G. Hey Wiley and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? You know... I know we're going to talk about this, but shout out and prayers to Tua Tungavailoa yep. and his family. Um, I just, man, that game was brutal for him. I just, yeah. I, and, and again, I know we're going to get into it in the headlines, but yeah, that, that's, I'm better than him right now. And that's just, oh, yeah. it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm, it's so sad. And the, I look, I'm not going to go in and say, oh, the Dolphins, but I think everyone kind of knows that they weren't as careful as they should have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know we'll get into that, but yeah, a lot to get to today. Uh, Let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no pop-ups, just your favorite teams in a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Hit it, Jihei. We're going to start with some semi-good news, better than uh, what we actually started with. Shohei Otani almost threw a no-hitter last night as he was only four outs away when A's hitter Connor Cappell hit a bloop single to center field. The Angels won 4-2, and Otani also went 2-4 with an RBI. Um, Otani lowered his ERA to 2.35 and now has 213 strikeouts top Five in Major League Baseball. Not to mention he has 34 home runs at the plate. But guys, will Otani win the Cy Young instead of the MVP this year? Yeah, the most valuable player will go to Judge. And no debate there, although you could perhaps have a debate. But Shohei Otani back in the conversation for Cy Young. This is the weird thing about Major League Baseball is that we're having a, a historic season for two players, and, and I'm not really seeing it being talked about a ton. Would Shohei what he did last season was so historic that I think people are taking it for granted and really not talking about what he's doing this particular season. I mean, Shohei Otani, such a transcendent talent, such an amazing player to watch. If you've not gone out to see him and you live in Southern California, uh, folks, what the heck are you doing? I mean, listen, I know it's not a great team. The the Angels are not a great team, but Shohei Watani is worth more than the price of admission right now. 100%. This is once in a lifetime. We might never, we probably don't see this ever again. I know I called it months ago and I texted you guys, Otani's going to win the Cy Young. Like, I I truly believe that. I think he's been the best pitcher in the American League because Verlander missed um, like four or five starts. And Verlander's been more consistent and he plays for a better team. 
but I feel like Otani's been more dominant. We use that word dominant. Like every time he goes to the mound, like there's no there's no touching his stuff. Especially he, all by like two starts where he gave up six runs, he would have like a one ERA. Like it was just two starts that screwed up his ERA to two three five. How low that is, right? Like no, come on, it's that's amazing and 34 home runs. But yeah, it's Aaron Judge. Once he passes Maris, which will be either today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever. 62 home runs, leading the league in RBIs. Almost going to get the triple crown. I don't think yeah. he will, but three six, I think he's in like 313. You got to give him... I mean, it's two generational talents. And we talked about this, Jihei, last week about, man, perfect time to expand the game internationally yeah. and domestically. You know, you have a black superstar going to the black communities, get more people playing baseball. Like, that's perfect. And then internationally, you have a Japanese superstar. Expand the game there. But no, Rob Manfred isn't doing either of those things. But it's... It, you, I'm just marveled by Judge and Otani. Quick question. Didn't Verlander go to... Um, go to Japan recently. Am I am I wrong on that? No. No. Okay. I feel like some somebody went like recently to Japan to like. It's been not more expand, popular, but, but yeah. it, it's been more popular where a bunch of ex MLB players are going to Japan, and you know the um, K, you know Korean Baseball Association yeah. uh, in Korea as well to play baseball. But yeah. okay, okay. Well, I mean, I I personally think that this this team is unfortunate and I'm, I'm assuming that both of you guys are going to agree with me on this is that they're kind of like the Clippers of old where like you go only to see that one player you go only to see the other team or something like that with the Angels with or is the, that like with not- the Angels it's different because you are going to see their players you're going to see two of the top five players in the game two transcendent players so they have those players the unique thing is that despite having those two players they have not been any good. And not only have they not been any good, like they're not playing significant games at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, yeah. you, you just want them to be in the hunt. They're not even in the hunt. I mean, if we're looking at the statistics of this Angels team, um, Taylor Ward, 23rd in OPS, right? And you could attribute it to, yeah, he had two good months. He hit 400 in April, part of May, and he had almost 400 in September. In between, he only hit 230. But his OBP is 360. It's top 25. OPS point like eight five. It's 23rd in the MLB. It was yeah. crazy. 280 average, 24 home runs. Luis Rengifo, their leadoff hitter, has been fantastic. Otani, we don't even talk about Trout's greatness. Yeah. He's played 50 less games than Aaron Judge and has 38 home runs. So if you attribute it to the same pace, you would have like 55 home runs right now if he played the same amount of games. And of course, it's like the Anthony Davis thing. Trout, of course, doesn't play all those games. Something's always wrong. But yeah. that was Aaron Judge last year, too. People forget he was injury prone. Same thing with Stanton. So I'm glad to see these guys healthy. But the Angels, they really already needs to sell the team. Yeah, because and he, he will. He will. Yeah. Before the offseason? Uh, well, no, no. The offseason is next month or in a I few know. Weeks. Well, he so, needs I mean, no, to, well, before no free rush. agency. There's no rush. I mean, well, I mean, he will sell the team, but there's no rush. I mean, he's this is a big tr- transaction, right? So he, there's going to be a line of people. But it's a Fabergé egg to buy a, a professional sports franchise. Why they are so yeah. valuable. There's only so many. And of I them. hope it's Patrick. I really hope it is yeah. because then he can fund the team like the Dodgers and put money into player personnel and stay away from yeah. the team. But it's the like Dr. Patrick Sunshian, the richest man in Los Angeles, yeah, I really, owns the Los Angeles Times. Yeah, I mean, he's up. There's going to be a line of people. And so this is not yeah. at this point. 
he doesn't care what the team does because he's about to sell the team. But, but he's going to try to milk that for as much as he possibly can. Wouldn't be shocked if it sold for $4 billion. Could. And I think, that's, yeah. I think it's worth it. I think yeah. it's worth it because the way you can expand it, you can move this, the Angels to Long Beach if you truly want them to mm. be L.A., right? If you truly want that, you True. can build your own stadium, have all the media rights, have that Los Angeles, or you could rebrand it to the California Angels and get everybody from Orange County all the way to San Diego and to L.A. Yeah still coming in together. I mean, it's just, it, it's I would a love that head. so much better because I'm, I'm sick of calling them the LA angels when they're not even in LA. <laughs> of Anaheim, and of the Anaheim. beauty of that name is it has history too, right? Yeah. So it's not like, it's, yeah. it, it wouldn't sound weird. And by the way, the golden state warriors, no, no one thinks that that's a weird name because you, you're just used to saying that. I mean, they're, they're effectively calling themselves the California warriors, the golden state warriors. So yeah. yeah. But yeah. also you have to remember too, like if Artie doesn't sell this team, <laughs> by January and they just waste an off season where they need Trout to like that scares me yeah. that scares me yeah I, I mean uh, speaking of scary let's move on to the next headline I know we kind of all dredged this but uh, Tua Tungvaluwa la- uh, left last night's game with a concussion and went to the local hospital trauma center the NFL had already investigated and I'm using that in quotations uh, Tua's coming back into the game last week when it appeared as though he had suffered a concussion in the first half of the game guys what are your thoughts on this because I got a lot of them extremely scary and at the end of the day the reason that the NFL PA is getting involved and will really pursue this um, harshly is ob- listen Tua's job is safe but th- there's there's this feeling that if you are a player who's on the fringe that you have to go back out there well the doctors are in place and there's protocols in place to prevent a team from f- forcing a player to go out there or clearing a player to go out there when he's not right and again i'm not again there's a big difference between your your knee is hurt or something like that when it's your mind and your brain and concussion and there's been enough reports over the past 10 15 years about this that this should not even be something that we're watching unfold on television and that's the scary thing you're seeing it happen in real time you're seeing someone out there and saying what what the heck am i watching and now we're finding out he had to go to the hospital and again short week they were already being investigated or looked at for what they did on sunday short week to put Tua in that position terrible 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 no i 100 percent agree i mean this is a kid that shouldn't even have been on the field in my opinion my personal opinion and we obviously now know that there's no way that was solely a back injury there's no way i'm, I'm just gonna put That's that out second there. concussion in like what five days it was yeah, a short week. A week you're three and oh you don't need to win you're facing a team in their home that needs to win play teddy bridgewater just play him the whole game he ended up playing most of the game anyways and you really screwed two up and now he could be out a couple weeks it could really affect their season yeah yeah um in post game, I believe the uh, Thursday night football uh, panel was talking about spotters. Yeah. And how do you not spot this from last week, exactly. right? And lo- yeah. and looking at how he how hurt he was and th- how banged up he was, and when he when Tua actually got up after getting hit that major major hit I, last week, he yeah. was stumbling around. I also think this is part of the thing, and the NFLPA. I think they really messed up agreeing to this extra game because it hurts them, benefits yeah. the fan, benefits us because we love football. 
does not benefit the players, right? More more weak for injuries, more stuff like that. But not only that, the NFLPA is furious with the Dolphins and the way they handled the situation. They say it will pursue every legal option as it investigates whether yep. Tua Tagovailoa should have played on Thursday night. And they're going to win. Um, I mean, they're going to find more than they should. And it, it's so sad because a player is not going to just abandon his team, regardless of he's hurt. Like Justin Herbert, we saw this a couple weeks ago. He played. And it's like, we need to get to the point where, yes, it's a primetime game. You want to get the Alabama, LSU, Burrow, Tua narratives in, in primetime. But it's like... The health and safety of the players has to be number one. This is still a dangerous game. They oh, yeah. implemented all these rules to help it. And yes, it's it's done wonders for the league and has risen viewership as a result because, you know, more guys are healthier. You want your stars healthy. But teams to just look past the other way, to know we're in prime time, to play in a short week because they want views, they want to win. They want it's just it's irresponsible from yeah. the Dolphins and League's perspective. No, absolutely. And I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here because even though I I personally think that they should have just made the decision sounds so horrible. It makes him sound like he's a child, but they I need think to make the decision for him. They should have made the decision yeah. for him to be like, look, we need you in the long run. We cannot risk you know, anything happening to you. But Tua chose to say it was his back as well. Tua chose to be like, no, this this is where I'm hurting. Like, I'm not... It, that Guys, that looked like a concussion. It just oh, did. Yeah. It looked like a concussion from Sunday. Like, there's no way... You cannot convince me otherwise when you are getting up and you can't tell me that this kid just was out of breath or something and just faulted over. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah, I, I just th- there needs to be massive drastic changes um, on both ends, right? And yep. <laughs> this is so quintessential that it happened with Miami with the tampering and with you know no. everything else that's going on. That in organization's organization. in trouble right now, man. <laughs> yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Speaking of trouble, the Dodgers are causing some trouble. Picked up their 108th win last night, but after Craig Kimball blew the game, giving up a walk-off against um, the Padres three nights ago, is there any concern, guys, that the Dodgers will, quote-unquote, cool off, especially pitching-wise, in a playoff series? I hope not. I mean, you know, so what are they going to get? They're going to get Tony Gonsolin's going to come back. They have... um they have uh, Kershaw, Julio Urias is pitching extremely well. This Craig Kimbrell, don't even put him on the postseason roster. Brandon, I don't even want to see him anywhere near know. that team. And I, I'm surprised because Friedman's one of the smartest guys in the industry, and I don't know what metrics and analytics he's looking at that you know m- makes him continue to tell Roberts to put Kimbrell in the game instead of you know Gratterall trying in when he's back and stuff. And he, I don't care who's in there. Bring up Bobby Miller to close. I know he has no experience. But his stuff will play yeah. at 101, their top prospect. Like, just bring someone up instead of Craig Kimbrell if, if Gratterall and Trinan are continuing to have arm issues. And it's like the Dodgers, I've said this all along, they're by far the best team in baseball. It'd be, it'd be uh, very irresponsible to say that they're not the favorites to win because they are but i'm not gonna lie besides urias they've had very inconsistent starting pitching and it's gonna be about the bats and in postseason it's like defense wins championships in the nba yeah pitching wins championships in, in in baseball and they don't have that dominant starter i know urias is great that we talk about the Red Sox and how they won with their bats against the Dodgers that year, but they had Chris Sale still. And it yeah. seems like Kershaw's a little past his prime. As good as he is, Urias is is great, but I don't I wouldn't call him elite, like mm-hmm. one of the top fifteen pitchers in the league. But he's top twenty, top twenty five. And could it be enough? Yes, but I I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I am kind of concerned for them if they go up against the Braves or the Mets. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, or even the Cardinals. Will they probably win the series? Yes. But it'd be it'd be 
foolish to look past their serious flaws with starting pitching and relief pitching. Like, that's important in a playoff series. Their bats will play, but what happens if their bats get cold and they need a duel to win? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, the pitching has always been a problem. I mean, in, in terms of at least the closer, I mean, that's my problem with this team. For this entire run that they've had, come postseason, the closer has always been the problem. And I love Kenley Jansen as the person, the player that he was during the regular season. Postseason closer Kenley Jansen has not been that great. So, for whatever reason, as great as these teams have been, the closer has co- has continued to be a problem for this team and pitching too. So we'll see what but happens. Also, you have to understand it's also the 108 win curse, the best record in baseball. <laughs> right. R- rarely does that team win at all. So we saw it with the Braves won what 89 games. They barely got in and won the World Series yeah. last year. Was it due to due to a different circumstance though? No, no, no. They got hot at the right time. What I'm concerned about is the Dodgers are are you know playing kind of yeah they're playing great still but the cool off system yeah yeah yeah. no totally that 100 percent makes sense it's it's I think that's always been an issue too right is the is. It's not like basketball where you can rely on superstars. Like it's baseball. That's why wildcard teams can come in and like the Giants and win the World Series. It's not like basketball where, okay, you're kind of cold. You have LeBron still, you know, (laughs) it's different. Right. No. And and I think we've talked about this before, Arash, that you need a closer like you, you need do. you like it's the one thing that the Dodgers Listen, consistently struggle you're gonna at. have close games in the postseason I mean yes you're gonna have the occasional blowout but you know if you have a one run lead in the ninth if you have a two run lead in the, the ninth or whatever like you you have to have that 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 closer and so for this entire run that the Dodgers have had over the past 10 years and certainly over the past five years just they, they have not had that closer and they've they've tried right whether it's joe kelly whether it's craig kimbrell they've tried to acquire a closer but yeah it just has not worked out yeah yeah well guys what is the biggest key we need to know this weekend for the chargers to go beat the texans and the raiders Man. to beat the broncos on sunday listen I mean, the big thing for the uh, chargers i mean wh- what is the health of justin herbert it does is he gonna be justin herbert or is he gonna be the player that that i saw against the jacksonville jaguars which was a shell of himself and i don't know how bad chase daniel is but he must be pretty bad if, <laughs> if the fact you know, you're down 28 points and you're still keeping poor justin herbert he is out pretty there bad. okay he is so Bad. They got to figure that out. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel so bad for the uh, Chargers because you, you begin the season with them having the best potential roster on paper. You go from offense, defense, Herbert, Joey Bosa, who's out now. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what happens here. Clearly a must-win game for the Chargers. Obviously also a must-win game for the Raiders at 0-3. Who would have thought that 0 and 3 right now? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't predict it. I thought they'd be a you know nine to eleven win team based on just adding Devontae Adams to a ten win team. But that just shows how incompetent Josh McDaniels is. He'll lose his job very yeah. soon. But I do think they'll win this weekend. I do want to get to our upset picks though. After this, I do think the Chargers will bounce back too. But Herbert, if he's still feeling pain, play Chase Daniel and just run the football. Texans gave up 157 yards to Khalil Herbert last week and two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, run the football. Even if you have Chase Daniel, go go that Stone Age, you know, Kyle Shanahan, conservative offense. Like, run up the middle. I mean, Chargers is still favored at five. I wouldn't take those odds after last week. I mean, so they probably yeah, they probably scary. win because they kind of need to win, but it's like, uh, they need their weapons. They need Keenan Allen back. That's going to be huge. Yeah. But Slater hurts. But I want to get to these upset picks, man. I want to. I want to see your guys' upset picks this weekend. Um, well, we only have a couple minutes, so let's just go straight to it. 
What are your upset picks? Well, listen, I, 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 we just touched on it. I don't think it'll be a massive up upset, but with all the... with. Like all these players out for the Chargers, I'm going with Houston again. Uh -huh. I, I, you know, a tough, tough spot for the Chargers. Go, go, going on the road. I got Houston against the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, Jihei, what's yours? Uh, I'm going to defer to you first because I'm going to look at the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jacksonville over the Eagles. Interesting. By the way, like everyone's picking Philadelphia as their uh, team to win the whole thing. I, no, I don't think no, no, they're no, 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 no. Oh, no. Philadelphia still they're a great team. Have you guys looked at the odds in Vegas? Uh, like, I know, I know, yeah. but, but I'm saying like, yeah. like this isn't a hot take. You're just going know, on no, the no, odds no, no. But they'll still lose. Like just because they play in a terrible division, they'll still lose yeah. in the first round to one of the elite teams. <laughs> whether it's Rams, Niners, uh, Packers, Bucks, one of those teams will beat them yeah. in the first round. Like I don't, I don't, I don't deny that at all. Yeah, I do not see. No, I 100% I do not see them winning everything. Um, however, I do see them. I do see they'll win the 12 Eagles. games because yeah, they're in a yeah, bad division. In a horrible division. And they're, their defense is solid, though. Yeah. I, I, you have to give them a little credit. Their defense is solid. Yeah. So I, I did, again, I had them winning the conference. I had them winning yeah. the NFC East. I just don't have them going any further than that. Yeah. Um, as far as my upsets are concerned. Yeah. Um, I don't really. I feel like this might be this might be the week where the NFL is normal, guys. That we might. No, be I also it. think the Falcons beat the Browns in Atlanta. Okay, that I can see. That yeah. I can see. But those are like two garbage teams playing one another. <laughs> so, like, is it really an upset? Yeah. Is, like, the Browns are two and one. ESPN ranked them top ten. That's oh, right, man. Cleveland Browns, man. Top we, five uh, uh. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be we'll be joined by our good friend Michael Duarte. When we come back on the Mightier Ten Ninety ESPN Radio in Southern California, ninety eight point five The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier Ten Ninety ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today, and here he is the man that makes TST run day-to-day. -day. Michael Duarte. Michael, how are you? I'm great, Rush. I had no idea TST was sponsoring this hotline. That's right. We got a big budget. Sports hotline. That's right. I like it. Uh, Michael, we talked about this in the first segment. 108 wins. Franchise record for the Los Angeles Dodgers. As you know, very storied history for them to set that mark. The significance of that and what does that mean for this team? It means, uh, and here's the thing that we need to talk about, O'Rush, as well. This team had set a franchise record for wins last season in 2021. 
They set a franchise record in, for wins in 2019, uh, also with 106. And obviously the 2020 season was shortened to 60 games, but they were 47 and 13 and on pace to once again shatter that franchise mark for 106 wins. So we look at this season as like, oh my gosh, this is this the best team ever? But really this last run, stretch run of, you know, five years, really, if we want to go back to that 2017 season, which still to me is probably the best Dodger team I've ever seen. Uh, it's really a five, six year run where it's just been incredible, where we may never as a fan base see anything like this again, as far as the dominance that they're, that they're showing, as far as uh, breaking records, franchise records for wins each and every year, seemingly, uh, as far as the superstars that are on this team. Uh, the pitching that is on this team, winning nine out of 10 NLS titles in the one year they lost, they also tied the franchise record for wins. So what we are seeing is historic. It is incredible uh, to watch. And the best thing I can say to Dodgers fans, because we know how they are, Arash, yeah. uh, one loss in a 108-win season, which probably will end up being over 110 when all things, when all things are settled and done. Uh, one loss sets this team off like the sky is falling like it's Armageddon like it's doomsday so I really would wish for them to stop and smell the roses here and to cherish this uh there's one stat that came out and this number is only going to go down as the Dodgers continue to win here over their final six games but they are only the 13th team in MLB history to reach 108 wins uh that means it's only happened 13 times in over 100 plus years so again, savor this, enjoy it because you may not ever see it again. And we are completely spoiled here in Los Angeles just by how well the Dodgers have been over the last, you know, half decade or so. And Michael, I, we brought this up in the first segment about Shohei Otani almost throwing a no hitter. I've been calling it for two months. A lot of people say Verlander, but I said two months ago, I think they're going to give Otani the Cy Young judge the MVP. So Otani's historic season again does not get you know, wasted. What are your thoughts there? I mean, he's, if you think about it, he's top six in K's and he pitches every sixth day, by the way, not like every other pitcher, every fifth day, every sixth day, 235 ERA, I'll buy like two starts where he gave up six runs each, he would have under two. And I mean, he's, 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 he's just the most, I feel like he's the most dominant starter in the American league. What are your thoughts there, Michael? Brandon, I love you for saying that. I totally think you're biased on this, unfortunately. Um, I don't even know if uh, he'll even get any first place votes, to be honest with you, when all is said and done. Uh, I, I definitely think, to your point, that he sh needs to get some first place MVP votes. We know it's Aaron Judge who's going to get it. Uh, we have no problems with that, especially if he ends up winning the Triple Crown. That's an incredible feat, obviously. Uh, setting the AL, the AL record in home runs is going to be incredible. The, the, what we want to call non asterisk home run record. Uh, if he hits one more, uh, so to speak is going to be another incredible feat. There's no argument against him not getting AL MVP, but to me, just comparing apples to orange or apples to apples, Shohei Otani is once again, not just the AL MVP, the MVP of all of baseball. Because nobody, nobody, and we're including Babe Ruth in this, has ever done what Shohei Otani is doing on both sides of the ball. He is not, doesn't have the offensive numbers that Aaron Judge has, but he's like top 10 in most of those categories. And then he's top 10 in mo on the pitching categories. As much as we love Aaron Judge and for what he does, his defensive metrics aren't great. Uh, and he's not out there pitching 
no hitters into the eighth inning of games. He's not out there uh, striking guys out. He's not out there throwing the ball every fifth day the way Shohei Otani is. So if we were really comparing this apples to apples, it wouldn't even be close. Otani would be the MVP uh, if he, as long as he was able to put up the numbers he's put up last year and this year, each and every year, because nobody does what he does. And nobody is more valuable for being able to do what he does. Uh, but he's just not having an historic offensive season like Aaron Judge. So, you know, if he wins the Triple Crown, like we said, that's an anomaly in itself and reason to win that prize. And us in the media who have the votes for, for uh, you know, in the Baseball Writers Association who have the votes for MVP, Cy Young, Coach of the Year, Manager of the Year, etc., uh, you know, we like to have different people win the awards year after year rather than give it to the same person each and every year, especially in today's day and age. So, you know, Judge will win it, but Otani, in my opinion, is the MVP, and you can't really argue because of what he does. And then as far as your Cy Young, to me, it's Justin Verlander's hands down. What he's doing at his age, what he's doing after not picking up a ball for almost two years is incredible. His ERA is just insane right now. Uh, so to me, it's Justin Verlander. Uh, I don't even think Otani will finish in the top four, to be honest with you. Really? Okay, who else do you have there? Otani Otani beats McClanahan with ERA, almost beats him with Ks. Dylan Cease, he, he's toe-to-toe. He's I think I have Dylan Cease and Framber Valdez on the ass. Framber Valdez? Finishing, finishing ahead of Otani. What? That's, uh, that's I'll, what I'll make I a see. friendly bet with you. I guarantee you Otani will finish top four in AL, AL Cy Young voting. I'll Maybe. guarantee I mean, you. Where do you. Where do you have the NL side? The NL side? That's tougher. Yeah. That's tougher. I don't even know who you choose in in the NL. I mean, I, I mean, people are saying Julio Rios should get starts. To me, Sandy Alcantara probably. It's Alcantara, wins it. yeah, yeah. That, that's what Zach I was going to say. Zach Gallen might get some votes for the amazing second half that he's had. Uh, Julio Rios will get some votes, but again, to me, that's where it's at. And if, if that's where that falls, then I definitely think it's Justin Verlander one, Dylan Cease two. And like I said, I think it's probably Framber Valdez three or McClanahan. Um, you know, I, I see them right there in that race. So I, I think Otani finishes outside the top three. And we'll make a bet on that if you think he finishes in the top three. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to ask you about upset picks this week. We talked about it in the first segment. I have the Jags going into Philadelphia and at least covering maybe. I mean, I said they'd win outright. I just feel like Philly's at some point, even at home, due for you know, not, not the greatest game. And I also have the Falcons at home beating the Cleveland Browns that are kind of a fraudulent two and one cupcake schedule. And I have the Raiders beating the Broncos. So those are my three upset picks this weekend. What are yours, Michael in the NFL? Yeah. So one of my upset picks was, was the Bengals beating the Dolphins and beating him handedly. That's before, obviously we knew what happened to, to Tua Togabloa and I hope he's going to end up being Okay. Uh, with the head and neck injury he suffered in that game. It was a really scary sight to see his hands uh, lock up like that. But that was one that I had. I agree with you. Uh, I have the Jaguars potentially beating the Eagles and having no teams undefeated after week four. Uh, I've seen different lines on that game. Eagles minus seven, Eagles minus six and a half. Give me the Jags and the points. Uh, but I think they win that game outright uh, and upset them. And uh, the last one I have is Bill's three-point favorites going into Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I have the Ravens maybe upsetting that game, and those are the upsets that I have. I like your, your well, you said Broncos over the Raiders? No, Raiders over Broncos. Well, I think the, the Raiders are favored in that game, so would that be considered? Uh, yeah, the Raiders are three-point favorites. 
in Denver or is that in, is that at it's in Vegas? Vegas. Oh, it's at, in Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, then, then what I'll do is just the two Jacksonville and then, uh, it, it, is Atlanta favored? I think Cleveland's favored. I believe Atlanta. Yeah, Cleveland, favored. Cleveland's favored in Atlanta. Cleveland yeah. yeah. So I, Atlanta. I have Atlanta, Jacksonville, and I'll, I'll I'll give the Rams on Monday. I think there the, we go. Finally, that's gonna be yeah. That's yes. gonna be an we're done, so Michael. Game. And and by the way, I know we're you know SoCal and we don't talk about San Francisco teams much, but I have to say it, Michael. For our 49ers, can we talk about Kyle Shanahan's play calling in the second half of games? This team should be three and zero, and he gets so conservative. Jimmy was in a groove in the first half. He decides to run up the middle, Stone Age offense, allowing Trent Williams to get hurt by just put, pounding the ball up the middle. Did the same thing with Trey. Lance and we lose all he needed was to get 40 yards to win that game against the Broncos same thing against the the Bears all we needed to do was a couple good drives it seems like we should be uh, the Niners should be three and oh and now without Trent Williams Jimmy Ward Jason Verrett I think we lose on on Monday against the Rams I really do well I mean by the way they played on the field they should have been three and oh but who they played they absolutely should have been three and oh uh to this point it's extremely frustrating as I was texting you privately uh just how just how pathetic that loss was for the 49ers. Jimmy G running out of the back of the end zone, a la Dan Oslotsky, uh from you know over a decade ago. Shout out to, to Dan's famous running around the, the back of the end zone, and then Shockey gets called for a safety. That just that just can't happen with Jimmy. It just can't happen. Um, and, and then that final drive and the way that final drive ended, and like you said, you just needed 40 yards for a field goal. Yeah, I mean if you don't get that safety. If you'll go wins the game, you might even be in that situation. You know what I mean? It would have been a tie game at that point. So that's incredibly frustrating uh, to lose a game that way in that fashion. And my biggest thing is where is Debo Samuel been, right? This is a guy who was getting MVP votes last year, and he just has not had a game that we're accustomed to seeing from Debo, where, you know, he's got over 70 yards receiving, maybe over 25, 30 yards rushing on the ground. Where are the plays where, you know, they put him out? wide and give him the ball and let him throw the ball if he wants to, uh, which we saw him do against the Rams and saw him do a few times last season. And now, now he historically tends to have great games against the Rams, so maybe it's happening on Monday night, the Debo Samuel breakout game, but you know where is Debo Samuel? He's been on the milk carton uh, for a while. I want to see him show up uh, and perform uh, the way we know he can and the way he should be. He's the MVP of that team, and he needs to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Michael, we were at Lakers Media Day, um, front row, right there. Uh, your uh, thoughts, what was the big takeaways, and what do you look to as they go into their first preseason games, uh, not Monday, but uh, I think Wednesday in Las Vegas. Oh, sorry, on Monday, they had their first preseason game. Yeah, you know, it's funny because all these teams, we see teams in Hawaii, we see the Clippers <laughs> in Vegas, so we see all these, some, some teams are actually in San Diego right now for training camp. The Lakers are just chilling at UCLA <laughs> Training Center yeah. out there in El Segundo next to Top Golf. But you're right, Arash. I was front and center for Lakers Media Day. Who was I sitting next to? You were uh, next to Jeannie Buss. Not Jeannie, but I, Jeannie, I, her I, sister. I, yep. Edgar, correct. And who was on my left? Um, it was you and me, right? Exactly. You. <laughs> you were the other one front and center with me. So, you know, you could just uh, have the same. Uh, uh, perspective that I had uh, and the same observations that I had, but it was funny because I was sitting next to Janie Buss and to you asked me my biggest takeaway, Janie Buss has a new best friend that she was telling me about who she played in his poker tournament and went against him head to head at the final table and he beat her. 
by getting uh, a lucky card on the river to give him a full house to beat her two pair. And that is Russell Westbrook. And my takeaways from Lakers media day to answer your question is this is a lot about Russell Westbrook. All eyes were on Russell Westbrook. All the questions to Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham were about Russell Westbrook. And even questions were to Russell Westbrook himself uh, and call him Captain America's shield because he did a great job of deflecting <laughs> almost all of them. And the big thing that we learned from Russell Westbrook was uh, he, he seems to be buying in as of right now. He seems to have drank in the Darvin Ham Kool-Aid and will do whatever it takes to win. But from what we heard from everybody else, he is 100% absolutely on the trading block. Uh, he would already be gone by now if teams weren't asking for the two exactly. first-round picks from the Lakers that Brandon and I and you and I, Arash, have been talking about ad nauseum for months. Uh, and and Rob Plinka went into why he doesn't want to trade those two first-round picks and how he's reached out to LeBron and AD and you know, the, the Clutch Sports crew on whether or not they should give up those two picks, and they don't believe they should. Now, for the right deal, maybe they will, but that's not a deal that involves Buddy Heald and Miles Turner uh, or a deal with the Hornets or whatever. It would have to be the right perfect deal to give up those two picks, and it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and as Brandon and I have been talking about, it looks like they will start the season with Russell Westbrook, but he very much end up will be on the trading block the whole year if they don't have to include those two first-round picks. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch. Uh, he may come off the bench. They asked that. Nobody said he guaranteed a starting role. But what we know that this team has, speaking of poker, is they have a royal flush when it yeah. comes to backcourt play. Uh, they have Dennis Schroeder, who wasn't at Media Day because his visa stuff hadn't gone through yet from, from where he lives in Germany in the offseason. So you have Schroeder, you have Kendrick Nunn, you have Russell Westbrook, you have Pat Beverly. You know, those are four point guards right there, uh, in addition to some other guards coming off the bench. So, you know, this team is guard heavy. Uh, that is kind of the direction the league is heading. The Warriors threw some lineups last year in their run to the championship that were, you know, four or five, four, four guards and Draymond Green. So we could see maybe some guards, you know, two, three point guards in a, in a five man rotation at some point if they want to go super small. But I just don't see Russell Westbrook finishing the year on this team, if I'm being honest with you. And if we saw the videos from that first practice where they were having corner three competitions, that's the role they see for Russell Westbrook. Uh, not the guy he's been when he was an MVP with the Oklahoma City Thunder or even some good years he had with the Rockets or, or even the, the pretty good second half he had with the Wizards. Uh, the triple-double machine, the guy that's really aggressive. This is a guy I think that the Lakers see focusing more on the defensive end, trying to lock down another team's guard. Uh, and spotting up for corner threes and then trying to run the, the offense through LeBron with the ball in his hands and through AD uh, in that center position that, that they expect him to be playing. Uh, and then the final takeaway I'll say, Arash, is you know, Anthony Davis, again, saying all the right thing, things to try to what he can do to be healthy. Uh, again, he has, he has more excuses than a pregnant nun, to be honest with you, as far as what he needs to do with his health. Uh, you were there, right, Arash, when yeah. they asked him straight up, how do you, did you do anything different for your health? Did you do anything to stay healthy? And he said, no. And he's continuing to say the same thing he said for the last like six to nine months, which is these were fluke injuries that happened to him last year. There was nothing he could have done. In fact, the things he has done in the off season prevented him from being even longer injuries. But the fact of the matter is this guy's Mr. Glass. Uh, yeah. And at some point, inevitably he's going to go down. And the hope is the Lakers have enough this year. And, and hopefully LeBron now, you know, at age 39 will be able to, uh, you know, sustain himself in his 19th year and, and, and somehow 
uh, stay on the court a little more than he has. Otherwise, this team is in big, big trouble, and we're going to see a repeat of last season, whether or not Darvin Ham can you know, implement some new things or not. But uh, they are younger. They're more athletic. They're going to be quicker. They're going to space the ball better. Uh, and hopefully Russell Westbrook can hit some corner threes because that's where he's going to be stationed uh, throughout the, the new season coming up. Michael, last question for you. Our USC Trojans, they are number six in the country. We were watching that game at Dodger Stadium. We knew Corvallis was a trap game. I mean, uh, that, that was <laughs> crazy to watch that that first line, uh, which was about two touchdowns. And I think everyone realized, whoa, wait a minute, that this is going to be a close game. They got past that trap, Michael. Now they play these Sun Devils. I mean, it should be a blowout, but we'll see at the Coliseum. What are your thoughts on USC? Again, prior to the season, I was very high on this team. Michael, they're in a position that if they can find a way to beat Utah, if they can continue to do what they're doing, maybe, just maybe, we saw the Rams win the Super Bowl at SoFi. Could we see USC in the college football in the national championship game right there at SoFi? Arash, you can have all my assets that I own uh, if the USC Trojans are in the College Football National Championship game. I don't see it. (laughs) There is a a path, Arash, to the college football playoffs. There is a pathway to that, and that starts with obviously beating Utah in Week 5. That is going to be their biggest game of the season, their toughest opponent, a ranked opponent. That's going to be a tough game. But to your point, uh, and I know we're running shorter on time, but I didn't see the Oregon State game as a trap game per se. I just saw it as a very difficult test. Like This is going to be the first time this team is going to be tested uh, and going to face adversity and going to have to overcome obstacles uh, in their way to try to get a victory and survive in Corvallis a victory. A very tough place to play and a place that even Lincoln Riley admitted he did not have his team prepared for for the crowd noise uh, of the, the Oregon State Beaver fans there to do that. But they do go in there and they survive. There was some, some, a lot of things they need to clean up, some warning signs for me, especially on offense. It's the first time we see uh, a Lincoln-Riley offense look pedestrian, in my opinion. But yeah. as far as the trap game is concerned, October 8th versus Washington State at the Coliseum, Arash, it is the game that is one week before Utah. So all eyes will be on Utah. You'll be looking ahead to Utah but this Washington State Cougar team, Arash, they're sneakily 3-1. and one. They almost beat Oregon last week. They lost 41-44. They beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin, uh, a future Big Ten opponent for USC and UCLA. They're 3-1, and one, like I mentioned. That, to me, could be a potential trap game for USC if you're looking ahead to Utah. But, uh, yeah, right now, if they can get through Utah, they can run the table. And if they run the table, to me, they're in the Final Four and they're in the college football playoff. So I'll go with that. And as you know, Arash, busy, busy, busy. This is the (laughs) sports equinox coming up in Los Angeles. So call me Rihanna because all I do is work, 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 work. (laughs) Love it, Michael. You're the best. I will see you this weekend for sure. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.